Welcome, wombat folk and trolls, sorcerers and orcs to Rated RPG, the fantasy role-playing podcast where we toss dice and have fun adventures with our friends. This is the Valley of Green Gold, episode 12, previously on Rated RPG. After arriving on Crow Island, the party could not just disembark the ship and run amok in Merchant Harbor. No, a woman who appeared to be in a position of authority, maybe a ranger or a soldier, she's well-armed and wearing armor, had to ask them a few security-related questions. She looked over Silbeth and Bunny's paperwork and asked for their reasons for coming to Merchant Harbor, especially curious about how Turley died. Satisfied with Silbeth's answers, Captain Harska told the woman that Bunny is a famous pro wrestler and Wendell is his wrestling pet, but she wasn't too impressed. Until Bunny threw up some massive flexes and Wendell weep whoop whooped still in the role of Hype Wombat, then her icy demeanor softened a bit. Clubhead was the last member of the party to leave the ship, and Captain Harska tried to cover, first lying, saying that the construct was a castaway from a shipwreck who had somehow helped out on the voyage. But Captain Harska is a bad liar, and the woman on the dock scolded her for not throwing Clubhead overboard when she had the chance. She did let the construct enter Merchant Harbor, but she told Clubhead in no uncertain terms, I will be watching you. From there, the party joined Silbeth on her somber mission to take her partner Turley's body to her parents, Roger and Buttercup Oakcrest. Along the way, it became pretty apparent that there is a big stray dog problem here in Merchant Harbor. When you arrived at the Oakcrest's cottage in the Mee Bay Beachside Estates, you saw that the estates weren't much more than a series of small huts. Silbeth, you approached the Oakcrest's cottage and you proceeded to tell them the tragic news that Turley was killed by bandits. Wendell and Bunny each did their part to ensure the best from a sad situation in dealing with the Oakcrests, but Clubhead revealed that he doesn't know how animals reproduce, suggesting that the elderly Oakcrests could make more children. The Oakcrests' spirits brightened just a little bit when they learned about how much Silbeth and Turley loved one another. Turley was cremated on a funeral pyre while a bunch of stray dogs were milling around nearby, Clubhead standing guard against the mutts, and so far they're keeping their distance. But not far away, you hear the sound of hammering nails, and a couple of workers can be seen on the roof of a cottage not far from here, building an additional unit to Mebay Beachside Estates. Clubhead, you don't know where dogs come from, but uh, <laughs> for the rest of you, you're pretty sure that after getting a look at Dodger, the dog that belongs to the Oakcrests, you're wondering now if they aren't the reason for the dog problem. Hmm. Bunny DePayne, you are still guarding the uh, body of Turley Oakcrest as it, as it burns on the funeral pyre, and there there are dogs that are sort of circling now around the uh, outside of the fence. The fence will keep them out for, for a while, you think. Clubhead and Wendell, you wander over to the last of the cottages in the row where the workers, the three workers, are uh, putting the roof on this thing. How does Clubhead look when he walks, by the way, Emery? He looks like a marionette puppet okay. uh, in the way that, like, he walks. Like, it shouldn't be possible for him to walk. Several of his limbs are broken and go off at odd angles, but they're held together by fungal strands. 
So he looks really kind of creepy and unnatural. Uh, Wendell, you are an adorable wombat folk. <laughs> so I think between the two things, this horrific animated marionette made of mushrooms and wood. And oh, look, but it can't be all bad. Here's delightful wombat. In a top hat. Wonderful patchwork top hat. <laughs> you approach these three workers and they see you both and they stop working and they look down from the roof. And one of them says, what can we do for you? Oh, hello, gentlemen. It's nice to see you. How is the work going today? The uh, person who spoke to you looks at you and then he looks over at one of his friends and he says, uh, he's, he's like Batima. He's like Batima. Uh, excuse me? Uh, Batima? Yeah, we were just talking. You look like Batima. Oh, who's Batima? Batima owns the Hillside Inn. Is Batima, uh, like, looks like me? Yeah. Oh, wow, excellent. Oh, I'd love to meet Batima sometime. The Hillside Inn, you say? Yeah, good rooms at fair prices, and she makes a heck of a pie. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Excellent. Well, we'll have to have a visit. You must have been smelling Batima's poop cubes. Yes, an interesting, I mean, an obvious observation, yes. <laughs> uh, so what can we do for you? You looking to buy one of these cottages? Well, we was wondering, what's with all these dogs? The Oakcrest, they had a couple of dogs, and uh, then a couple of dogs turned into half a dozen dogs, and then now there's, gosh, I don't know how many, 50, 60 dogs, 70, I don't even know. They're starting to take over the community. Look, if you're looking to make some money, you might go talk to Mayor Schellenberg. Uh, he's been looking for a solution. Mm. Mm, I feel like Clubhead would enjoy a solution to the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> we would, but we was told not to kill anything. Well, dealing with these dogs is a pretty big priority in Merchant Harbor, so if you're looking for work, that'd be one place to look for it. Someone could hire us to kill them, perhaps. Maybe. <laughs> hey, uh, where are all the estates? We was told there was be estates here, but we just see a bunch of shitty shacks. These are the estates. <laughs> I, I mean, we build them real nice, but they're still shitty. <laughs> well, that's the other thing. Uh, marketing. Huh? Sure, you can sell anything to somebody who, who can't see it. Where's the beach? There's no beach here either. I didn't want to call them the beachless shitholes. <laughs> no, apparently not. But hey... Uh, we get paid pretty well. Uh, Mr. Coltan takes care of us, so... Mr. Coltan? Yeah, Alain Coltan. Alain Coltan? Yeah, he he runs this whole place down here. Oh, which place? The whole city or just down here? No, Mibay. He owns he owns these. He sells them. Oh, he owns the shitty estates? Yeah. Oh, wow, okay. He, he owns a lot of stuff. Is he a nice man? Uh, he, he pays us pretty well, treats us fine. Uh, you know, there's a good chance that the ship you came over on is owned by Alain Coltan. Oh. oh, wow. He is a he's a big man, Alain Coltan. <laughs> he is a big man, Alain Coltan. Oh, we really feel like we should be writing these things down. <laughs> uh, I don't have any pencils or paper for you, so you're on your own. Meanwhile, back at the house, <laughs> Silbeth, uh, you're offered a cup of tea. I will graciously accept it. Uh, Buttercup wanders off into the little kitchenette and she starts making you tea. And Roger uh, lets out a big sigh. Well, I sure am happy that our baby girl found somebody who loved her as much as we did in her final, in her final months and weeks. And uh, look, um, are you are you staying around here? Well, uh, uh, yes, I believe uh, my friends have other business here, so I will. Uh, likely be staying for a while. Well, if you could do something about the, all these damn dogs, uh, Mayor Schellenberg's starting to 
really get all up in our business about them and gosh we don't know what to do and we're not in any position and we're both old we're retired folks and we're trying to just live our lives down here and that damn mayor schellenberg keeps coming around telling us if we don't get our dogs taken care of he's gonna kick us out of here well what would you like me to do i don't know figure it out i guess uh yeah do you want us to kill them or or what are you saying shh quiet buttercup will hear you you can't kill the dog you can't kill the dogs wink wink uh buttercup just doesn't want that to be an option oh uh and then buttercup comes in the room oh roger are you yelling again and she hands you a cup of tea thank you I was just telling uh, Silbeth about these dang dogs and how Mayor Schellenberg is going to throw us out into the bay and let us drown. What do you think we should do, Mrs. Oakcrest? Well, I think you should find good homes for all of the dogs. I see. We will do our best to help you with this problem. Thank you so much for telling me more about your daughter. We're just grateful that you... That you followed through on your promise to her and to, and to us. We, we're really grateful. Absolutely. Meanwhile, out at the funeral pyre, Bunny, you've noticed that these dogs are starting to get braver and bolder. Give me an investigation check. Ooh, one more time for the one time. <laughs> You're not sure how they got into the fenced-in area, but... There are now four dogs that are creeping closer and closer to the funeral pyre, which has now more or less burned out. Uh, there's, you know, there's remains there, and these dogs are starving. Mm-hmm. What do you do? I'm slowly starting to reach for Old Faithful, <laughs> aka my my chair I keep on my back. You said there's only four dogs, right? There are four now. I, I'm not adverse to handling myself, but I also do realize I'm with a couple of pals. And even if I don't necessarily know if they can handle themselves in a fight, I don't want them to get snuck up on. So as I'm taking out my chair, I'm like, we got ourselves a problem out here! Bunny's in trouble, Wendell! Let's help! I run. Yeah, I rush outside. You see Bunny standing in front of the uh, smoldering ash pile of the funeral pyre, and you see four hungry-looking dogs sniffing anxiously into the air, creeping closer and closer. I look around, obviously I haven't heard anything they've said, but what I do know for a fact is these dogs aren't owned by anybody. I respect the dead. I'm ready to pretty much just not necessarily kill these dogs, but I'm ready to beat them away from this at the bare minimum. I'm prepared for a fight at this point. Everybody give me a nature check. Negative one nature, don't fail me now. That's a four. Six. Fifteen. Thirteen. Wendell. You know these are animals, and you are close to animal kind in a way that no none of the rest of you are. And you know these dogs are just really, really hungry. And Clubhead, you get the same feeling like these dogs are not trying to harm anything. They're just trying to survive. Whether or not they should is a dif- different matter. Clubhead remembers that the rats that would sneak up to him and his uh, colony, his family... Uh, they would oftentimes just be looking for little scraps of food. So Clubhead reaches into his sack made out of a flayed cat. Inside of it is 18-day-old cat meat that he never got around to eating. More like pudding at this point. (laughs) He's going to toss the whole sack over uh, past the dogs. So you toss this sack of rotting meat uh, across the yard over the fence? Yep. 
away from us. You throw this sack of rotting meat over the fence, and the dogs detect that aroma in the air, that stench of that. And all the dogs take off running, and you see that they got in through a hole that was under the fence, but behind a shrub. The four dogs have left the backyard, and they're rolling around in the filth out there. What do you guys do? I think we need to patch up this fence before we uh, head back to town at the very least. That's a good idea. They could get in and attack the poor oak crests. We could grab some wood. Uh, we met these very nice workers down there at the other end of the street. Borrow some nails and a hammer and some wood. Right on. Yeah, let's go finish this and then head back to town. Sound good? Yeah. Yeah. You go and talk to these uh, workers, and they are willing to sell you some of this wood. Mm, two silver will give you enough wood to and nails to patch things up. Two silver for a little bit of wood and nails. We can all agree that's crazy talk. If me and the rest of these lovely homies I, I've made get rid of your dog issue, let's call it on the house? Give me a persuasion check. Oh, I'm not good at it, but we still swung a 16. Well, uh... Mr. Coltan, uh, he likes to keep track of his inventory of building materials, but in this case, you don't need much wood. And yeah, hey, if you tackle the, jo- the dog problem, I think you're going to be fine. So he gives you some boards and some nails, and they loan you a hammer, and it doesn't take long for you guys to fix the hole in the fence. Nice. Roger Oakcrest sticks his head out the back door and sees that you've addressed this concern. Good job, everybody. Thanks for thanks for patching up the fence. And then he goes back inside. Nice. Excellent work. Do you head back to town? We got to go talk to the mayor is what uh, the guys told me. So that's what I'm down to do. Yeah. Yeah. You've got several options open at this point. First of all, there's that thing that was flying around. You wanted to investigate that. True. Uh, Wendell, you know there is another wombat folk here in town. And her name is Batima. And she runs the hillside inn. And she makes delicious pies. Those are the things that you know about Batima. You know that there's somebody named Alan Coltan who's a bit of a magnate. Uh, He lives in town. Uh, It's possible that this person who you encountered, this woman with the leather armor and the silver buckles, you may find that she works for Alan Coltan. You're not certain, but there are a lot of different threads. Plus, you know, you guys could all use a drink. Okay. And what time of day is it right now? Early afternoon. Okay. And what's the name of that What's the name of that inn? The Hillside Inn. You guys, we need we need somewhere to stay tonight. Perhaps we should visit the Hillside Inn and set set up some lodging, and I can meet this Batima who makes good pies. You like pies, right? <laughs> I love a good pie. We've never had pie. You've never had pie? Oh, we gotta go. Well, you need to try it. Silbeth, are you uh, a a a pie? <laughs> Beth? I would eat meat pies. But you wouldn't enjoy it? Not much of a sweets person, but <laughs> sure. Well, maybe these pies will change your mind, I bet. And they're made by a wombat folk. Trust me. They won't have poop cubes in them, will they? Uh, no, that's, um, that's generally not an ingredient in pie. Oh. Generally. <laughs> Wendell, have you ever met another wombat folk since you've been free? Not since I left my home, at my home and village. Oh, man. And you gotta be, I don't know how ages work for one bad folk. Are you, are you looking for a little bit of love? Do you have like a heat phase? I'm wondering if this is a mission to find your people or to find your person. If you, if you're picking up what I'm putting down. 
Well, you know, I wouldn't want to get attached to anyone because they would just be dead in a couple of years. I don't think it's a good idea. I beg your pardon? Uh, we have a very short lifespan. Oh, dang. Oof. It totally depends on the age, I suppose. Ah, <sighs> fair. If she's in her 20s, then I wouldn't want to get involved because she'll be dead in a couple of years. <laughs> oh, so like Leonardo DiCaprio, son, the guy I met <laughs> at my old wrestling troop. <laughs> Yes, it is very sad. I'm working for, for a solution, but I have not found anything yet. But if you, any of you come across any information, something that, you know, might help extend the life of a wombat folk, I would certainly be open to it. In fact, <laughs> I, would, I would appreciate it. Heck yeah. All right, so the party has a plan. They're going to head back to Merchant Harbor. They're going to see Batama, the wombat folk, at the Hillside Inn and see about getting a room, maybe learn a little bit more about Merchant Harbor. Okay, we're going to take just a, a little bit of a diversion. Uh, Brad and Dion are going to drop off of our recording session. They're not going to hear what we're about to do because their characters wouldn't hear or see what is about to happen. You see, Wendell, his legs are short, so he kind of falls behind a little bit. He falls behind Silbeth and uh, Bunny. And because Clubhead has an unusual gait, uh, he also falls behind a bit. But he wants to make sure that Wendell is in between him and Bunny and Silbeth. So he's keeping behind Wendell on purpose. Well, at one point, Clubhead sees something just off the path, so he stops to look at it. And that's when you, Wendell, see a piece of paper fluttering in the breeze. It's uh, tumbling through the bushes. It's headed your way. What do you do? Ooh, paper. I leap at it and try to grab it. Come to daddy. Luckily for you, it gets caught up in some tall grass, so you don't have any problems grabbing it. And you see that it is a copy of the Merchant Harbor Gazette. It's not real recent, but probably more recent than the one you saw in Baxter. Go ahead and uh, give it a read. Local cheese smuggler captured. It's queso closed for the Pirate of Paneer. Authorities say Parmesan Duncan got in way over his head when a crate of his illicit cheeses burst open and buried the criminal from head to feta under a monstrous pile of pecorino. Mayor Schellenberg stated, Parmesan should have known cheddar. The Gouda guys will always win. The community of Merchant Harbor can breathe easy tonight. <laughs> hey, what a fun time for this newspaper. <laughs> yeah, they have fun at the Merchant Harbor Gazette. It's a good newspaper, good outfit. And now I've muted Aaron so he can't hear us. And while Wendell is reading that newspaper, Clubhead is still staring into the bushes, into the tree line, and you see something. There's a fallen tree not far from the road, and you see there are some mushrooms growing on it. Ooh! I go look at them. Get close. Do you say anything to the party? They're going to probably just continue on without you. No, they, they don't have the same connection to mushrooms that I do. So I'm, I'm just going to sneak sneak away for a little bit. Yeah, you can catch up with them later. Yeah. You walk over to the mushrooms and you see these little brown and yellow mushroom caps growing straight up out of this log. And there's a patch about uh, two or three meters wide uh, growing on this rotted log. What do you do? Oh, uh, well, uh, I, I, I guess I will try to communicate with them with my fungal communication. Excellent. So how do you do that? I creep up to them, making sure not to crush any of them uh, with my body. 
and I just delicately place one hand on the biggest mushroom. Okay, and it, it, it opens up the line of communication and you hear this voice in your head go, Hey fam, this here's our log, man. Move on, brother mushroom. Oh, well, I was just uh, wanting to know, you know, uh, what, what's it like here on Crow Island? Uh-huh. I'm new to the to the area. Oh, yeah, man. No, it's good. It's all good here. We catch nice moistures and we get the nice light and the airflow. It's perfect for us here on this log. Oh, that's great. Well, are you aware of any uh, open real estate? Well, I'm in the market. Oh, uh, yeah, not not here right now. We, we got this one sewed up. But hey, uh, I got a tip for you. Oh, what's that? Uh, not too long ago, there was a creature, and it came up here, and it put something in a hollow stump nearby. Oh, oh, well, thank you very much, friend. Yeah, rock on, Brother Mushroom. Uh, I'm gonna look around and see if I can spot any stumps that might have something stashed. All right, give me a perception check. Uh, oh, I got a 19. Oh, awesome. Uh, it doesn't take you long to look around. You see a big stump that uh, you can tell the top of it is sort of you know broken off where a tree fell. And it looks like it's packed with mud as if it's been sealed up. Oh, cool. Well, I guess uh, I will take my stick and I will just start digging around a little bit, getting through the mud. All right. You're, is this your uh, sewer stick? Your second sewer stick? Yes. So you, you pry into the mud, and yeah, you're able to like break it apart, and you notice that it is hollow in there, and you <gasps> find a small wooden chest with a simple latch. Oh, simple latch, eh? Well, uh, it's not locked, right? No. Ah, well, then I will open it. Ooh, goodies. You uh, open the chest and uh, you see there's something wrapped up in a bit of cloth in there. And there's a note on top of that cloth. And it reads, Uh in common, to whomever finds this chest, we have accepted a dangerous quest to investigate a tower in the Silver Mountains. We're each leaving one item here as a personal tribute in the name of the goddess of luck that she may protect us on our mission. These items are now yours, as you've won the goddess's favor in finding it. (gasps) Signed, Duke Jason P. New. Oh, well, turns out this is my lucky day. Absolutely. So now you need to make two rolls on the table of potentially decent random stuff. So I will need two D100 rolls for this. Okay, here we go. I got a 22 and a 97. Ooh, let's start with the 22. Okay. You unwrap this uh, bit of cloth, and the first thing you see is a delicate, hand-blown glass egg, the size of a small chicken egg. The shell is translucent blue. It appears to contain a cloud of gray smoke sort of swirling around inside this eggshell. Whoa. That's fancy. Very nice. I'll tuck that away in the safest compartment I can find in my body. This other bit of cloth, you feel something hard inside and you unwrap it and you find a big honkin' diamond. (gasps) Whoa, hey! (laughs) I'm rich! You kind of are. I mean, this thing, (laughs) you don't know because what does Clubhead know about diamonds? Well, maybe you would know a little something. Let's give you uh, an investigation check. Okay, I got a 16. With your old learning, 
from uh, Gibble Tinkertop. You know, he programmed you to help out working in mines, and so you would have some files about diamonds and precious gems and things like that. Something this large? Yeah, this is worth a lot. Oh, okay. I'm going to keep a hold of this thing and, uh, you know, save it for a rainy day. Yeah. Clubhead doesn't really have a lot of expenses. With the table of potentially decent random stuff, with every item you uh, find, there is a 1 in 20 chance of it being cursed. Oh, gosh, and I won't know, will I? Nobody will know except for me, and, of course, you will find out later if it is cursed or not. Okay. But those rolls are secret. Great. And at this moment, after you find all this cool loot, you realize, oh, my God, i got to catch up to the other the other party members. Yeah, well, uh, hopefully they haven't gotten too far. I mean, Bunny does have those little feet, so... He probably doesn't walk very fast. That's true. I I rush to catch up. (laughs) As you rush to catch up to them, they have rounded a corner, so you couldn't really see most of the party. But you do notice that Wendell had fallen behind them a bit as well. It looks like he had had found a a scrap of newspaper blowing in the wind. Uh, And he has also rushed ahead. And by the time you all catch up to one another, you have arrived at the edge of Merchant Harbor. Okay. Uh, It's good to see I'm not the only one who gets easily distracted. Does Clubhead tell the others about this, or does he just kind of keep this a secret? Well, he he knows how much it's worth, but maybe he doesn't understand the social dynamics of it. You know, I could easily see them coming into a situation where they're like, oh, God, if only we had like a whole bunch of money. And then Club is like, oh, I do have a whole bunch of money. Yeah. And pulls out the diamond. (laughs) You know what I mean? Awesome. Awesome. And now everybody is reconnected. The party is back together and on their way into Merchant Harbor and to Batama, the hillside inn. Now, as you make your way into Merchant Harbor, you can see the docks off in the distance to your left. Uh, You all now see this construct, this large construct that has four arms. It appears to be loading the Blackbird, the ship that you sailed here on. Uh, As you get to the top of the street, there is a well-constructed stone and brick building, and a sign in front of it reads, Coltan Industries. And then you see a structure that has been dug into the side of a large hill. This is the Hillside Inn. I I think this is it, buddy. You ready to go meet your people? Now that's how you design an inn. How inviting. What an exciting place to stay. (laughs) Get excited, gentlemen. This will be uh, an enjoyable experience for you. Uh, All right, all right, all right. That's how I hype myself up. Yeah, okay. (laughs) I say... I try not to get too emotional. What happens if you do? Bad things. Oh, no. Random chaotic things happen. Ah, okay. Oh, that sounds terrifying. How can we prevent this from happening? Don't make me angry or sad or surprised or upset or frustrated or disgusted. Uh, Can we make you happy? Yes, you can make me happy. Uh, Bonnie, uh, he only has two modes, either 100% hype or confused. So now I'm like, how am I? Oof. Oof. All right, I gotcha. I'll be excitedly neutral. Yeah, yes, yes. What if someone else makes you feel one of those ways? Can you warn us? I will try. Is there a tell? Like, do your eyes change? <laughs> Listen, you're going to be pals with us. I, I, You know, this is about figuring out how to make you not explode or whatever it is you do. I honestly don't know what I look like when that's about to happen. <laughs> oh, right. I guess if you see me shaking or glaze over or something. Sure. 
Okay. As you guys are carrying in this conversation, as you're walking, you uh, get into the town square and you're able to look around a little bit. Even though you're approaching the hillside in, you look around and you see, oh, there's a tavern, uh, another tavern. Oh, a third tavern. Plenty of taverns here. Oh, there's an interesting building. It looks like it's uh, on stilts, like a big treehouse or a tower that you might see (laughs) like in a national park or something. You can climb up the hundreds of wooden stairs to look out over the park. Hmm. Right there in front of you is the Hillside Inn, though. That's where you're heading in. You see, close to the door, a smaller sign that reads the Hillside Inn in multiple different languages. And you smell fresh baked bread coming from the windows. Shop Grill just does not have enough protein for me to keep this body in top shape. (laughs) We haven't eaten anything except for our own good mushrooms for the last 18 days. We could sure use some actual foods. Well, you'll love some wombat folk bread. I suddenly realize I I have forgotten to eat for like 48 hours. (laughs) (laughs) Are you getting hangry? Yes. Let's do this. You take one level of hanger. (laughs) Give me a roll. One! All right. Hey, yo. So the first thing that happens is as your your hand is reaching toward the door, Wendell, because you're going in first, you're like, yeah, this is going to be great. You guys are going to love this real wombat uh, food. You're going to love And you're reaching for the door handle. And then Silbeth says, I haven't eaten in 48 hours. And then you all notice that she has a tell. What is that tell, Brad? <laughs> I love how you just warned us about this. My head like snaps up straight up and uh, as, as I'm looking towards the ceiling uh. Uh, and there's just sort of this uh, burst of light that comes out of me. Okay, so it's pretty obvious that this some some shit's gonna happen. <laughs> and then a fog cloud erupts from Silbeth. Oh guys, where where are you? What's happening? I start reaching out my hands to see if I can feel the guys. You can. Okay. It happened, everyone. It, yes, it did. But you just remain calm and this is gonna be fine. We need a meat pie stack. <laughs> <laughs> So this sphere of fog that surrounds all of you also surrounds most of the uh, street that you're standing in front of and the entrance to the building. It it, it, it gets extends into the hillside in uh, entryway even. It's going to just be there for a while. Everybody hold hands, follow me, we're going in. I'm gonna use my nose to get us into the inn and we'll be fine there. This is just a natural weather event, I'm sure. <laughs> exactly, here we are. You walk into the hillside inn, and for the first few feet that you're in the door, you can't see anything. The whole place is just full of this thick, dense fog. But then all of a sudden the fog breaks, and you find yourself standing in the comfortable, cozy entryway of the hillside inn. And before you, you see two figures. One is a wombat folk, a woman wombat folk, wearing a lovely little apron with lace around the edges. She looks to be about Wendell's age. She doesn't have any of that gray fur around her mouth, but her mouth is uh, is agape. She's aghast with what the hell is going on. There's a fog cloud. <laughs> she is standing next to another person, a human man who looks maybe in his middle-aged years. He looks rugged and he looks upset and he is armed. He has a sword uh, on his belt 
and he's wearing chainmail armor. Everybody give me an insight check. 10. 18. 6. Oh, is it Strider? Oh my god, it's Strider. <laughs> Clubhead, you're sort of the last in the room, so you're still coming out of the fog cloud when you see these two. Uh, Silbeth, because you are so in tune with emotion, and Bunny, because you also can read people really well on sight, you guys both realize you've just walked into the middle of an argument of some kind, but thanks to your fog cloud, you have stopped the argument in its tracks. <laughs> <laughs> when Batima sees Wendell, she goes, Well, look at that. It's another one of me wombat folk friends. That's right. It's me, Wendell. <laughs> Hello, Batima. It's so nice to meet another one of my own kind. Well, I don't know if I've ever met you before, Wendell, but welcome to the hillside inn. My apologies. And she looks up at this human. Uh, this one was just leaving. And he looks down at her and he says, No, without a refund, I'm not. A refund for what, good sir? I'm trying to just keep the peace, mostly because I'm scared of Silbeth a little bit. I need a refund because my room, I can't get no dang rest in there. Oh, your neighbors are going at it pretty hard. I've been there, man. Listen, just putting your fingers in your ears for like half an hour at worst. You're fine. That ain't it. There's dead gum birds out in the nest, out in the tree. It's just chirping and chirping and keeping me awake, dead gummit. Mm. Well, maybe you should be looking for a refund from the birds then. <laughs> oh, you're with her, huh? You're, you you could team up on me, huh? I just met her, actually, sir. If the birds are causing you a problem, then why don't you go de- talk to them yourself? Or ask for another room. You, you don't have to be so harsh. I want a refund. Batima speaks up. Part of the problem is there's no other room. Uh, we're all full up, and uh, this one here's been a bit of a jerk to me. Call me names. You're not getting a refund from me if you call me names. I have an idea. Uh, how about uh, we take the room off your hands, sir, and we'll give you the money for the room, and we'll take the room. How does that sound, Batima? Give me a persuasion check with advantage. Ooh, you got this. You've got your crew behind you. They're, you know, nodding their heads. Ten. I'm not persuasive. He says, I want this this room that I paid for. I want to be able to be get some sleep, dadgummit. Well, there's plenty of uh, benches to sleep under. He glares at you. Find yourself a little wet cave. What the hell are you? <laughs> Who's the persuasive one in this group? <laughs> You're learning. You're figuring it out. Who is the most persuasive amongst you, typically? It's definitely not Clubhead. I think it's Silbeth. <laughs> I have a plus four. So uh, perhaps, Silbeth, you can offer some words. First of all, it's not really the innkeeper's fault that there are birds outside your door, but I can move the nest for you or we can take your room over. Uh, But I think it's time to be reasonable, sir. Give me a persuasion check. Fifteen. He calms down a little bit. You can tell that he was worked up and now he's a little calmer. Why don't you move the nest into a different branch or something? That'll help. It's a little foggy outside right now, but we could do that in a little bit, perhaps. Do you usually do you usually get uh, fog this thick uh, around here? No, we don't usually get the fog that erupts into me house like this. <laughs> <laughs> Strange, huh? We were looking, Batima, to get a room, but unless this guy leaves, do you, do you have any place that we could stay? We've heard you got the best inn in town. You know, good news travels far. Well, I do have the best room in town, that's true, uh, but... Uh, yeah, I'm full up. That's because I'm so popular, I guess. Uh, I would recommend you check Rokan's respite. 
Rokan's Respite is this little tavern down the way. Uh, he usually has a couple of rooms. Oh, thank you for the advice. Um, perhaps we could have some of your delicious pie before we uh, head out again. Well, the gentleman who seems now to have settled down, he grumbles something about going to get himself a drink and proceeds to walk out into the fog through the uh, through the door. You hear him... You hear... <laughs> You hear him slam into the wall. <laughs> you hear him stumbling around. Finally, he finds the doorknob and he gets out. You hear him tumble down this walkway. Ah, shit. Uh, he stumbles into the bushes and then, you know, he's gone. And Batima says, well, you saved me from an uncomfortable situation, so I'll give you a nice loaf of bread. Would you like a berry pie or a meat pie? I'd love some bread and a berry pie. A bread and a berry pie just for you? Are you going to share with your friends? Uh, I will share, but a meat pie for, for her. She loves meat. She likes to eat the meat, then. Okay, then. All right. And I don't know what the shelf likes. I like meat pies. How about you? And she looks at Bunny. Mama used to make this little pie that had, like, a peach in it. I don't know if y'all got peaches on this side of the world, but I love myself a nice little peach something. Oh, you got it. I'll give you a nice peach turnover. I just pulled them out of the oven this morning. Oh, you said the magic words. Thank you so much, Miss Batuma. She uh, loads up a little sack with all of these uh, pies and an extra loaf of bread in there. She even throws in a wedge of cheese and she hands it to you. I'm sorry I couldn't give you a room, folks, but um, thanks for helping me out of that bind. Sure, I do appreciate it. I guess I kind of owe you one, but this is payback for that, so maybe we're even. Oh, I do have a question. Yeah. I saw, like, a large flying thing, but couldn't make it out. Is that a normal occurrence around here? Oh, that's a sheriff. Your, wait, your sheriff is a large... It's oh. Dandy. Dandy Griffin. That's a sheriff. <laughs> He's a griffin. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, thank you so much. It's a little on the nose, but... Did you say Andy Griffin? Dandy Griffin. He's our sheriff. Da- a dandy. Okay. I mean, listen, this is Wendell the Wombat. Who am I to complain, so... <laughs> okay, well, there's a big dog problem. I was going to head towards the mayor's office. Wendell, I know you haven't seen one of your people in a while. Did you want to stay and talk while I just kind of try to get us a contract? Yeah, that sounds good. That's a good idea. I'll stay and hang out. Maybe Silbeth could stay and eat this pie since she hasn't eaten for 48 hours. Oh, actually, Silbeth, kick your feet up. That might be a good idea. (laughs) Guys, I will be back in two shakes of a dog's tail. (laughs) Ha ha. And then I start to head towards the door. I'm sure banging into things just as much as the last guy. And Clubhead, you're going with Bunny? Yeah, we want to eat. These are like little hand pies, so you could take it on the road. Okay, I'll take a hand pie and a piece of bread. Now you guys have had a chance to uh, sit down with Batima, and you guys, Wendell and Silbeth, are enjoying some delicious food for the first time in weeks. And even as you're walking across town to go find the mayor, Scout Schellenberg is his name, you learn from from Batima, you are told that he is in his office, which is in that building on stilts, that tall tower that's about three stories above the ground. And you're heading in that direction. So Clubhead, like, tries to take a bite of the the bread and, and sort of, like, detects the yeast in it as he's walking with Bunny. Yeah. And spits it out. I was like, oh, gross. There's fungus in this. Oh, no. <laughs> What's he trying to do? Kill us? We're not cannibals. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm so sorry, homie. Um, Do you do you want some of this cheese? <laughs> <laughs> He'll take a bite out of the cheese and spit it out. Be like, oh, no, 
there's there's fungus in that too. I told you to try the pie. The pie. Clubhead cautiously <laughs> tries a bite of the pie. Is there any fungus in that? Mushrooms? Yeah, it's <laughs> like a, a mushroom and meat pie. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Each of the bites of food that you've spat onto the ground, a hungry dog runs up out of nowhere and gobbles it up. <laughs> we hate this place. And that is episode 12 of the Valley of Green Gold. If you were a rated RPG Patreon supporter last summer, you had a chance to submit NPCs, locations, and even in some cases, adventure hooks for this adventure. And thank you for those who did that because uh, your NPCs keep popping up. Thank you to our Patreon supporters for not only helping create the Valley of Green Gold, but for helping to fund rated RPG. Freckled One, Attic Sam, and PJ Sherman, you're awesome. We have a $15 a month Patreon tier, and when you join it, you become a member of the gorgeous Phoenix Brigade, like Uglaset, Holly Summers, and Shane Loves Games. We had another headline from the Merchant Harbor Gazette tier. Thank you, Sean Duncan, for supporting Rated RPG. Our Grand Duchies are awesome. Duke Jason providing some roles on the table of potentially decent random stuff. Thank you to Duke's Turtle and Crow as well. And we'll soon find out if Lord Deputy Chris Fale has reached a verdict in the case of rot grubs being allowed on Crow Island. You know, I hate to end on a sad note, but our new friend Will Parker was really hungry and he found a half-eaten roast ham in a rubbish bin behind the Greasy Lizard. That's the shady tavern run by Don Goose, the dragonborn. Anyway, you'd think it would be like food poisoning that killed him because he, he thought he was going to eat the ham, but it turned out the ham was a mimic and it bit his head off. So that's what happened there. We put the rest of Will Parker in the bucket of friends. And someday soon, Will, you'll be you'll be walking the material plane again. On behalf of everyone around Ye Old Gaming Table, thank you for enjoying the Rated RPG Podcast.